I trusted you that time. I didn't even ask if you had started recording. Mark, we've been at this for a while. <laughs> yeah, and this like... is the first time I've ever not asked, have you started recording? I know. I feel like the trust is an important thing to be developing here. That's right. This is this is how we start season two. Is this... This isn't the start of season two. It might as well be. Last time, uh, the previous episode is where we introduced the concept of seasons and character arcs. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So this new era of trust might as well be ushering in. Ooh, era <laughs> of trust. <laughs> that seems like a setup for an era of betrayal. I'm ready for all the drama maybe, to ensue. Maybe, man. This is like the most long-form soap opera that nobody's prepared for. <laughs> Yeah, the only one that you need to watch or listen to, be yeah. a part of literally hundreds of hours <laughs> to get any any plot movement at all. <laughs> I mean, we have little we have little soap opera episodes every once in a while. What do you mean by that? Where we like get mad at each other, and, like or we're talking about how lonely we are, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like the one a couple episodes back that was just all the Mark show, and it's whatever you wanted to talk about. Yeah, that one. <laughs> You'll like the the most recent one. Uh, oh God. The title for it. Will I? You will. Okay, I'll 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 anticipate. I'll await it anxiously. Wow, words are hard tonight. This is going to be a bad episode. I couldn't even say... I don't even know what I was trying to say anymore. I stumbled over it so bad. That's okay. Uh, so, I i mean, I guess this will technically be a week delayed. But I got... Oh, dang it, I can hear myself on your end again. But I know that doesn't matter. It just bothers me. <sighs> okay. So... I got back from D.C., uh, what, two days ago? Mm-hmm. And so I, I will condense uh, everything that happened into the most important story, which is okay. that Sunday afternoon, we were mm-hmm. sitting in Shake Shack. Uh, Max had missed his flight and was now on Greg's flight. <laughs> How did he? Okay. It's not It's not worth going into. Yeah. Es- essentially, the gate changed and he didn't notice. Okay. So he so he was so they're they're now fl- both flying out at 10 p.m. Yep. So after that whole flight thing, we're sitting at Shake Shack having some dinner, and I w- and I get the little notification. It's like, hey, it's time to check into your flight because I was flying out the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I check, and I go into the check-in, and then I notice, huh, that's a different airport than the one I flew into. <laughs> I was flying Uh-oh. out. Of, I was flying out of Baltimore, not Reagan. <laughs> ah! And I just like I I must have picked that because I thought that it was very close. And, I mean, it's not like super far away, but you know, very close, and it was definitely cheaper. But I just didn't realize it. So luckily, I checked and paid attention. So then I had to investigate how to uh, take a train to the Baltimore airport from Washington D.C. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds like it oh that would have stressed me out so much oh my i mean God. i i definitely was very stressed out but like so greg's girlfriend lives in baltimore so he was able to at least tell me okay if nothing else buy a pl- buy a ticket ahead of time like this is what the app is buy a ticket for it 
and it was yeah. only seven dollars. And then it was just a matter of figuring out what train to get on and when. Mm-hmm. But I figured it out. I was worried the entire time, but I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ended up because I was I was very nervous about getting to the airport on time. I didn't know how long it was going to take or if I would just mess everything up. So mm-hmm. even though my flight didn't board till like four thirty, I left DC a little after noon, and it was only like a forty minute train ride. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of chilled out at the airport for three and a half hours or so. Yeah, airport chilling, making yep. any new friends. No, but what I did do was not walk far enough into the concourse and determine that there were no restaurants because it just said shops. And I, I saw a bunch of shops, and I peeked around the corner, and I just didn't notice any restaurants. So then I walked back near security where there was exactly one restaurant, which was like a seafood place with a bar. Mm-hmm. And so I got some food there, and it was fine. But then I figured, you know, I'm not just going to sit here forever, and there was no outlets or anything. So I go walking to the gate. And sure enough, there's like, I don't know, seven or eight restaurants <laughs> that I just was about a hundred feet yeah. away from seeing. <laughs> like, in my head, I should have known this, but it's a relatively small airport. And it's just, I had walked like, I had walked quite a distance before I'd even gotten to the shops. Like, it was just a big stretch of absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anything to lead me to believe that it wasn't going to continue in this manner. Other than your experience in every airport you've been in ever. But no, not really, because first of all, I've really <laughs> only been to like San Diego and Minneapolis. <laughs> Those are the only that I remember, because it's uh-huh. where I go. And San Diego doesn't have much except for like a Starbucks uh-huh. and some like kiosks. Okay. At least in the area that I normally am. And Minneapolis, except for like in the main areas between concourses. Uh, like I normally fly out of concourse G and as you're going through the gates, all there is, is that in between gates, there's like kiosks, which just sell like sandwiches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so even if part of me thought, oh, they're going to have this, I'd rather have the like whatever, you know, seafood thing that I had that was a real meal than a $9 sandwich from a grocery store deli. Oh, you don't... Oh, $9 sandwiches are the best, though, bro. I mean, I had to do that on my layover between... Uh, I don't want to, like, get into all this, but I guess I'm going to. So, flying there... Don't want to get into it, but no. So, flying doing... to D.C., I had a layover in Minneapolis. But I forgot that, like, the time that they tell you that your flight is... Like, the boarding time is f- basically 40 minutes prior... So I thought I had this, like, at least half an hour layover, but I had about mm-hmm. a five-minute layover yeah. <laughs> for, through which I had to quickly get to the next concourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and then I did have a $9 sandwich from a kiosk because I had just enough time because yeah. they were delaying that, boarding slightly. And that's quick, so. And it's good that I did that because <laughs> as, you know, we were flying and then... Uh, the person next to me noticed that we were in a holding pattern around Detroit and the pilot came on and told us that there was too much traffic around DC at the moment. So we just had to keep this holding pattern until we were cleared to go in. Mm-hmm. We were already going to arrive a little late cause we were being rerouted around some bad weather. Mm-hmm. So then we get basically, you know, we hold for a while and then the pilot comes back on and says, well, 
I guess we're technically out of the holding pattern, but uh, the bad weather has now moved over DC and we don't have enough uh, fuel to just hang around that storm. So we need to land in Cleveland to refuel. No. So we landed in Cleveland to refuel and I got to DC like three hours later than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big deal. Like Max and Greg didn't come till the next day. But it was a big deal because it was later at night and it was in a city that I don't know much about and I still needed to find some dinner. <laughs> yeah. So it was just a whole thing, but it was still a good trip. Mm-hmm. Ugh, how are you? I'm good. I don't know. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, Mark has eight minutes of conversation and then describing how he's doing, <laughs> what he's been up to, and I... I sum it up in two words, one of them being a contraction, so that's like three words. That's okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Work's just been a lot recently. Sure. Very busy, lots of emergencies. Yeah. And so... More quote-unquote emergencies. Yeah. <laughs> that one. <laughs> um so we're just i'm jay chilling i don't know i got a lot of cleaning to do mm. right now because like my apartment's a bit of a sty right at yeah. the moment and my sister and her fiance are coming to stay with me in like <laughs> two days three nice. days <laughs> and so like i don't want them to think that i live in i I've used this descriptor often. I don't know if I've used it on the podcast before, but I joke that it looks like I live in like a drug den or something, mm-hmm. which isn't accurate. And I wouldn't know if it was accurate or not because I don't have a lot of experience in drug dens. Um, but like, it's just just a mess, and I feel like I have crap everywhere. And like, I'm in the middle of doing laundry, and I just have like clothes strewn all over my like living room. Yeah, and it's just like meh. No, I'm fl- I'm flying back to Minnesota this weekend, so I did my laundry from my trip yesterday, and instead of folding it and putting it all away, I folded it and put it into a carry-on just to like designate clothes. That, yeah, you know, because it's like I'm leaving on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna be gone for like over a week, so okay. Ugh, lots of travel, but mm-hmm. that's good. All right. Well, shall we get we? going? Yeah. All right. Grant is hitting us up with a Calvin Hobbes comic. I don't like it, this comic anymore. I want to change it. (laughs) Too bad. By Bill Watterson, of course. Uh, Calvin is sitting at a desk talking to Hobbes, and Calvin asks Hobbes, I need help on my homework. What's a pronoun? And Hobbes says, a noun that lost its amateur status. And Calvin sits there, staring at his paper, not looking super sure about himself, and Hobbes is smiling, looking very sure of himself. And then Calvin Calvin continues to write and says, maybe I can get a point for originality. (laughs) 
Do you not feel a connection anymore? No, I don't know. I feel okay. Can I be honest? I feel like really apathetic tonight, and I know that makes for a bad <laughs> podcast. And so I'm like, I'm trying to like get back into it, but just like, yeah. <laughs> What's the point, Mark? <laughs> Mark, why are we here? Is this just going to become another lost episode? No, it's not because we have to record tonight. We really do. <laughs> but I don't know. So when I. I do know. When I chose this comic originally, I was thinking about the idea of finding like non-conventional solutions to problems. Because in this hmm. comic, Kelvin has a question; he doesn't know the answer to it, and like so, he knows the answer that Hobbes gives him is wrong, but he thinks it's creative enough to like maybe work. And I think. I don't know. I was just thinking about like solving problems in today's world and that lots of lots of problems that have existed, like all the easy solutions of it have been found or tried already. And so a lot of the best solutions that have strong chances of actually like solving problems are can in some cases be require some sort of creative thinking or thinking outside the box sort of deal. Yes, I agree. And so that's what I was thinking. And I didn't have any question to go along with this. (laughs) I just kind of assumed one would come to me as I was rambling on here. (laughs) But. Ooh, boy. Ooh, doggy. Here we go. I don't know. I've. It's. I'm just going to keep monologuing here because that's what I want to do mm-hmm. and you're just going to have to deal with it or cut me off and edit me out of the podcast. That's fine too. But <laughs> Listeners, if you're wondering why after you heard that it becomes a 23-minute episode, you know why. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so one of the things that I think about in my current job where I'm, I work in research and development I am by far the least experienced person in my lab. And so I feel like I am always trying to find the role that I play in this lab. And my role is clearly not the, like, think of the classic solution that people know who have experience in this business because I don't have experience in this business. So I don't understand what the classic solution is. So... There's been lots of times where I've kind of viewed my role as I'm the stupid young guy that's learning, so it's okay for me to make idiotic suggestions or ask stupid questions because people just kind of write it off like, oh, he's the new guy, da-da-da-da-da. But like every once in a while, one of my stupid questions or idiotic suggestions turns out to be right. And like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you you feel like you're in a... Like, is this a blindly throwing darts until you hit the target situation for you? Or is it a, you you honestly feel like you're trying your best and you're just lacking the experience? Um, I think at times it's both. Or it has been both at times. Like, I think a lot of it is me making my best effort and I just, like, don't have all the experience necessary to be able to predict all these things on, like, what something will do. There have been moments where I just, like, 
I don't want to say I'm blindly throwing darts at the wall, but there's something that I think of and I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what that would do. I'm curious what it does. I have no idea of the implications of like doing thing X, Y, or Z. So I'm just going to try them and see what happens. Which, I don't know, kind of a guess and check method of working. I guess I'm just throwing darts at the wall. But in my mind, in the moment, it feels more reasoned. It's because, I don't know, is that... Well, okay, I need to ask you this. I need to ask how this plays out in the field that you're working in. Because it's easy for me, as someone who works in math education, to say... Huh, let me just see if this works and then write something and then hand it to someone and say, does that work? I have a feeling that it works a little different in chemical research. Well, so most of what I do is formulation chemistry. So we have a bunch of ingredients to make a product and we try to mix them together in ratios and with different ingredients that make a product with desirable properties. And so like, I don't know, you don't know what's going on, and so you just, like, add this new raw material that you've never used into it, and then look at your final product and see what it is, and see, did that work? Or did this just make crap that is useless? Uh, as my boss calls, he says the technical term for it is, is it a turd? Um, if whatever you're working on just, like, utterly fails in just a spectacularly obvious way. Hmm, okay. And how much freedom do you have to use these resources to do this? Like, that's that's what I'm wondering. Like, I, the logistics of this whole situation. It answer to that is it depends on how many emergencies are going on at the moment. <laughs> okay. Because there's... There have, since I've started at this job, there have been downtimes. There's been kind of, like, weeks where I'm just working on kind of back burner projects... We're like, no one's asking about this. It's something that we were asked to do. The person who asked us about it probably forgot already. But, like, we're going to keep working on it just because it's something that we think is achievable. And we're curious about if it could work. But then on the other hand... And so in those times, like, I have control to use the resources how I see fit as long as I don't, like, damage the equipment or, like, burn down the building or something. Which yeah. it's not going to happen. Like I'm, I'm not a genius, but I'm not. I like to think I'm not stupid enough to do that. As I used to like to say, still kind of like to say it. You may be stupid, but you're not dumb. Yeah. And so, at those moments in my job, I have a lot of freedom to just kind of like throw something in, see what happens. But then there's also times where it's like we got three emergencies. It's got to be chop, chop, chop. And at that point, it's like, nah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna ad lib here or kind of improvise and see what happens. I'm going to ask those around me for their expertise and like solve this problem in one or two attempts rather than when I try to solve it with just kind of like playing around and seeing what happens. It takes longer, but I definitely learn way more. Yeah, yeah, that um, makes sense. But I don't know. There's also, there's a third situation that happens, and sometimes even when we're really busy and, like, we have a lot going on, we're working on what I would call, like, really stale projects. So projects that are, they've just been really difficult for us to solve, and so 
the experienced people in the lab, they don't really know where to go next. They've tried everything that makes sense to them. And so there's been times where I've made just like what I would call kind of preposterous suggestions and expecting them to shoot me down. And they're just like, honestly, I'm all out of ideas. That's a fresh idea. Let's try it. Because most of yeah, because most of the time, like the amount of time in the lab that we'll waste with a stupid idea, we can we can figure out if it's going to work or not in like less than an hour. So it's not like we're wasting like days of time and like thousands of dollars in resources or something mm-hmm. on these just stupid ideas. It's like maybe a couple bucks in raw materials and no, not even I don't know. And like maybe an hour of our time, hmm. so no, no. Interesting. Do you feel like you're gonna use creativity and creative problem solving a lot in your job? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, if for no other reason than you know, you're you're writing problems and especially the stuff that I'm doing now with the self-paced stuff. There's a lot that seems natural to do because. You're normally in a mindset of, oh, there will be a teacher teaching this. Mm-hmm. And they can be humans and react to things. But we can't do that. Like, we have to pre-program everything and try and come up with fun and clever things to do. And I have to admit, I'm not the best person for this. Another person that works on the same project with me is significantly better at coming up with kind of really fun ways of using the tools that we have available. Mm-hmm. Like she was able, she figured out a way to code a bingo game uh, as like part of a whole lesson and just mm-hmm. all this other sort of stuff. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of freedom and creativity in my job and the people that I work with definitely like to encourage that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or even simple things. I mean... <laughs> Well, now I'm trying to think because, like, I definitely get to be creative. Creative problem solving is, like, a a weird way of putting it because I don't find myself or or I I don't consider the stuff that I'm doing problems. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, you know, oh, I'm writing this lesson. And you could maybe deem it like, oh, this lesson is, like, it is a problem that I am defining for myself that this needs to be improved or it needs to be more fun or we need to have more engagement or whatever. Yeah. But I guess I just never think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's just because stuff is less well-defined. Like, you guys have some task that just it needs to be accomplished one way or another. Yeah. You know? And for me, it's like, like it's kind of the same thing, but it's more like... It, I don't know. It would be bigger if everything that I did was completely from scratch. Some things that I do are from scratch, but a lot of stuff is like, okay, there's some groundwork here, but I need to figure out ways to extend it and improve it. Mm-hmm. So. That makes sense. I haven't, I didn't even really take a moment to think about the fact that how like problem based my job is versus yours. Cause I definitely, now that you've said that, I, that totally makes sense. Yeah, and it's more just like problem is a weird word. You know, like obviously we are both doing critical thinking. It's just it, it, it motivated in a different way. Yeah, because ours is product X 
fails in this specific way make it not fail. Yeah. Whereas yours is very, like, ours is very clearly defined as a problem. Yeah, and for us, it's like, if there's a problem, it's either because, like, there's a bug report, or we're finally getting some data, and we see that 90% of kids are failing this problem that we expected them to get. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's like, then it's, that's pretty clear cut. It's like, this is a problem that we need to solve. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, but the definition of what a solution is, is different. And the ability to, ter- to determine whether it's a solution uh, is very different, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, when you guys get the result of whatever you're doing and you see that it works, then you see that it works. Yeah. And I think in a weird way, the time scale for us is just totally different because, like, we, we're finally getting all this data and this large batch of kids is, you know, getting some stuff wrong. So then we go back in and we think about how to change it and then we change it and then we need to wait for a whole other batch of kids to do this stuff before we get any understanding of whether that was an effective solution or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. But today I did get a test puzzles for about two hours, so that was fun. Ooh. Yeah. I always enjoy that. You love puzzles, don't you? I mean, it's just, first of all, it's an excellent way to spend time that you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah, to get paid to do puzzles, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, and these were uh, polyomino puzzles, so it's, you have a grid, all, all, what looks like a crossword puzzle grid, mm-hmm. and then you're given a set of Tetris-looking shapes, and you need to fill in the grid mm. with those shapes. So I did oh. that for a good chunk of today. That sounds like it would be fun. It is. Some of them were really hard, but... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's definitely one of my favorite ways to pass time when I get that assigned to me. Uh, it's always, it always means that I'm in for a good few hours. Mm-hmm. So, so those are problems that I need to solve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. in a totally different way. <laughs> the, the word problem, I guess, has lots of different implications. It does. I mean, there are other people at the company who have to deal with real problems. Yeah. Especially people, whether they're, like, in the warehouse and, you know, let's say, like, whether it's smaller problems, like, you know, some people are just getting badly bound books or misprinted books or whatever the issue is. Mm-hmm. Or people with the online school, like, kids are acting out or some kid is having some trouble, whatever the deal is. Like, there are real problems that we have to handle in a timely manner. It's just that. My job is not dealing with most of that. Yeah. Like, there there are some small things that I've had to deal with. Like, I determined the grading scheme for a test in third grade completely wrong. Uh. Basically because when I was editing it, I edited it correctly, then just forgot to hit save. <laughs> because it's one of the only places in our, in our, like, editing tools where when you click away, it doesn't automatically save it. Uh-huh. And I always forget that. So I think I did that twice this year. Two out of four tests. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> but I got it this time. <laughs> well, you're you're getting there. You're learning. Yep. So every once in a while a real problem comes up, but most of the time I, it's not my job. <laughs> yeah. Which is nice. I don't want it to be my job. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh. Well, Mark, do you think... We should move on, or... Yeah, I hope that my comic has enough to talk about. Hopefully by the time that you're done 
reading it, I'll remember oh, what God, my question was because I didn't long. write it down. No, this is going to be super oh. funny. Don't worry. Okay. So, Mark's comic is from Poorly Drawn Lines by Reza Farzmand? Far- sure. Farzmand? Farzmand. So, this comic is titled... The robot is not subtle. There appear to be two characters who I'm assuming are the robot and Jacob. It opens up with the robot saying, Jacob, what is talking smack? Jacob replies, it's when you put someone down, then high five your bros. Oh, I guess you don't talk smack then, Jacob? Because you have no bros? You have one. You are so alone, Jacob. Jacob, high five me. Did I mess that up? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. Slightly. Do you know what you messed up? I I know when I messed up because you made a noise. <laughs> you said you have one instead of you have no one. Ah, frick! (laughs) Shoot! So the point of this comic, listeners... Is that Jacob has no friends. Is that Jacob describes what talking smack is. So the robot attempts to talk smack by saying, You don't talk smack then, because you have no bros. You have no one. You are so alone, Jacob. And then ask for a high five, because the robot just talks smack. Yeah... I was confused about who his one bro was as I was finishing it. I was like, wait, so is he saying that robot's his bro? Oh, Grant. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about... I have a, Do you have something to talk about with this? Uh, kind of, but if you have something that jumps to mind, feel free. It's not probably very good, but... That's fine. How about failing with grace? <laughs> <laughs> failing... I will not... Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll Mark doesn't fail. <laughs> that's not the point of this, that's Mark not the point of this podcast. Okay, that's fine. No, no, See, that's not what I'm setup. saying. I, I made a mistake on purpose to lead into this. It's no, It has nothing to do with that. It's that I will not give you the out of saying that you failed with grace. <laughs> <laughs> Are you <laughs> calling me ungraceful, podcast. Mark? No, I'm not. I'm saying that you failed and you deserve to have it pointed out. <laughs> that doesn't mean it wasn't with grace. I don't even know what failing with grace really means. <laughs> failing but still kind of being a little cool even though you failed? I don't think that's what that means. I'm... I think failing with grace is essentially the same as not being a sore loser. Whatever. <laughs> and now you're not doing it. You were fought. You actually were doing it before. And now you're <laughs> being all dismissive. <laughs> yeah talking about being sore i hurt my ankle the other day and it still hurts it's sore yeah. <laughs> I, I don't i'm not i, I do feel bad for you That's uh, but my i do story. need but, but i do need to share share this i i i don't want to laugh because it is bad but aaron went bouldering yesterday with greg and she fell off and has a hairline fracture in her fibula no yep that sucks. Yep. Ha. Uh, and so luckily I convinced her to go to the doctor today. 
Yeah. Because... Oh, I'm sure I, she didn't want to go, too. Well, it was like, you know, one of her roommates was like, oh, no, it's probably fine. You can just walk it off. And Aaron's like, it's probably just like a bruise. And I was like, well, does it look like it's bruising? He said, no. I said, well, if it like hurts, like painfully, and it's not visibly bruising, you probably hurt your bone. <laughs> yeah. So she eventually went. And this was the same. I mean, she broke her arm that last fall. And it mm-hmm. took a lot of convincing for her to go to the emergency room after I heard about that. <sighs> so, which is, it's just one of those things where it's like, like mm-hmm. I can, like I understand, but I have to be firm because like she would be the same way. Like yeah. we'd both be stubborn about it, even though we both know what's best. Yeah. You never want to have to go when you're, it's really easy to tell someone else like, Hey, you should probably go to the doctor. Yeah. But when it's you, it's kind of like, man, do I really need to? Yeah. Am I going to look silly? Yeah. So, so I feel bad about that, but it shouldn't be like a big deal. It's just something that she needs to actually take care of. Mm-hmm. So, okay, but let's get back to the matter at hand. Okay. Which is, I, I want to talk to you about what situation would allow you to be essentially isolated, but still relatively happy. Okay. So, like, what is your ideal castaway scenario? Like, definitely not on a deserted, like, <laughs> tropical island. <laughs> um, I, I don't think my my fair complexion could handle that. I would die of, like, massive sunburns pretty quick. Well, I can't deny that. <laughs> Unless there were lots of good shade trees or something. No, I'd survive. I'd build a shelter and crap because I'm nature AF. But, That's right. Um, my ideal... What do you mean, like, cat... Like, So, I mean, I'll be very explicit because I know that we had trouble with the Sharknado <laughs> uh, situation the other time. Defining the parameters of the situation. Okay, that's probably accurate. So what I mean here is you can be wherever and have whatever, but you will be completely isolated from all other living creatures. What setup would allow you to do that without going crazy? For how long? Let's say 10 years. Oh, God. Just to make it very tough. Because if you said, if I just said like one year, then that's like, still a long time. Eh, but it's not as crazy as ten. <laughs> yeah, I, fine. We'll start with one. But like no human, I don't know. Like my original thought is like castaway. Like oh, I don't know. I'd want to be like out in the woods or something. Like because then it feels natural to like not have anyone or any mm. like interaction. Because like if you're in the city, that it just feels bizarre it'd be like uh like i am legend or something that like will smith movie where he was supposedly like the only human left alive and he yeah was just, I, like, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep this in terms of like you could be like you know in some sort of large house or estate or yeah like kind of out in the woods i don't know i feel like outside because i f- i don't know There's enough stimuli out in the woods that I have the feeling that I could, like, find ways to entertain myself. And there's enough to do, like, problems to solve and stuff. I don't... 
I'm bad at answering this question. <laughs> I'm. Do you want to? Can I like? Can I reverse this question back on you? It'll maybe give me a better idea of like I don't know. Well, sure, but how, how about you trying to find the parameters that you want for me? I want you to use your own parameters. Okay, so am I? Am I doing a year or ten years? Do a year. Okay, a year is super easy. Oh, I mean, it's not super easy because the the most difficult part is like the fact that I'm in you know a long term committed relationship and <laughs> mm-hmm. that that's that's like the worst part. But beyond that, because there's not much I can do about that, uh, it would be like just a whole. I would just like have a whole bunch of books in a big house, and I guess like a computer that I can use. If I want to be real, real uh, selfish, I'd say like, oh, like a squash court or something, you know, ways to exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like intellectual stimuli, it would definitely have to be like a bunch of books. Like I could definitely spend a year reading Good books. Good point. Uh, that's that's why I think books. that a year is super easy, but something like five or ten is kind of pushing it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, especially for longer term isolation, I would need, I definitely couldn't just sit around and read all the time. I would need like projects and stimuli in that way mm-hmm. to do. Um, I mean, that, that's that, So this is where I'm getting at. Like I, I'm, a, I'm giving you carte blanche on this whole situation. Like if I could have like a lab in a workshop, that would be awesome. Yeah. That, like that's that exactly would, what I'm getting at. Okay. And, and I'm wondering if that would be sufficient to keep you from becoming mad scientist grant oh i'd probably become mad scientist grant but i'd have a good time with it (laughs) okay (laughs) like i'd probably go crazy but in a fun way that i would enjoy (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i think it would be cool i would definitely want i think before a lab i'd want like a wood shop and do like sure. some woodworking. I think that would be, that could definitely occupy a lot of my time because I probably, not probably, because I wouldn't be very good at it, especially at the beginning. Yeah. So like when you suck at something like that, it takes you a long time to make nice things. Mm-hmm. So that would definitely use up a lot of my time. How like how base would you want to go? Like would you want like all the processed wood just there for you, or would you want like? Oh yeah, kind of yeah. just like raw logs that you can then kind of process, however, or just like mixture a bunch of trees that you'll chop down. No, no. I'm not trying to chop down trees and like mill the lumber. That sounds like a lot of work, and I have no idea how that happens. <laughs> okay, give me an empty Home Depot and a wood shop. <laughs> Ooh, that's a- okay. That's probably the best best question. Let's say food notwithstanding, what would be the store that you would like to be in? Ooh. It, let's Ooh. say for a year. For a year? Wait, like trapped in a store? Yep, you're alone in the store with whatever is in the store at the time. So you won't get like shipments of stuff. Okay. I think just because I said like some sort of like home improvement store like Home Depot or something, mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about that like i feel like that would be kind of cool and there's like lots of stuff that you could like mess around with in there yeah and stuff um but also i'm thinking of stores like like a target or something i don't know yeah 
because there's enough variety going on there. Or like a Costco. <laughs> yeah. One of my thoughts, I I didn't want to say this because I wouldn't want to, but like Walmart, because there's just like there's so much crap in Walmart. Yeah. Like there's just a lot to do. Mm-hmm. But also, then you're like stuck in Walmart for a year, which I just feel like <laughs> would be miserable. <laughs> because it's Walmart. It's, you're stuck in the devil's playground for a whole year. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, like, for me, yeah, it would be hard to, like, I feel like I would almost be worse off in, like, a, a very general purpose store like that. Yeah. So I think for me, it would have to be a, a near three way tie between Dick's, Guitar Center, or Barnes and Noble. Okay. I'm not sure which I'd choose. I'd probably choose Guitar Center. Hmm. If only because, like, I could try an instrument a day and never run out and not run out over the course <laughs> of the year and just be like, today I'm going to play this guitar and read out of this book. Yeah. And tomorrow I'm going to play this drum set, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and this week I'm going to use all of the pro audio equipment and figure out how that works. And then you can do all the, like, cool, destructive rock star things, like, smash a guitar at the end yeah, of the day i'd at least have like 10 or 20 left over where i could do that i probably would never do that because i'd feel way too bad doing something <laughs> like that <laughs> but you know there's just i just think that i would that's almost like a candy land situation for me like it would be so cool yeah uh to be in there Neat. but dicks would help me get swole get swole bro would this yeah. dicks have like a rock climbing wall in it or something Ooh. I guess some of them do, because I, I I wouldn't want to say like an REI because then I'd be missing out on the general sporting goods. Yeah, but even some dicks, like I'm still assuming that I have like an electrical hookup, so I can at least use like well, a treadmill. Dicks and... have electricity, like don't they? What? Like Dick's sporting goods has electricity, so I feel like you'd have. Yeah, electricity. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I am assuming that I have electricity. I feel like you have to. Yeah, probably. Because that changes the question. If you're <laughs> if you're alone in a store with no electricity, I probably still pick Guitar Center because then I at least have acoustic guitars and drums. I would probably Home definitely people, you get really good at hand tools. I was gonna say I would get really good at hand tools, and I would probably get pretty swole from that too. Like if, if I were in Barnes and Noble, I'd just be like pressed up against the window hoping that the, hoping that it's a south facing window and hoping otherwise not just a cloudy like, day if every time a book light goes out open up a new one yeah you just burn <laughs> books to make light so you can read the other books oh that would be so sad <laughs> well you got like 10 copies of all of them i suppose but that would still make me sad yeah oh well that actually worked out better than i thought it would <laughs> <laughs> infinitely better than i thought it would i uh, i'm gonna be honest i kind of legitimately thought that this was gonna be one of those lost episodes where it's just like yeah this isn't happening nah never again <laughs> never again we're not gonna start the beginning of season two with a lost episode grant <laughs> it's something that we could keep in the bank and then like when we're famous and like everything and everyone's clamoring for episodes we can be like oh yeah back like 10 years ago when we were just like only had a million listeners like we had this lost episode 